All right. Welcome, everybody, to a perhaps a little more somber, maybe somber is not the right word, maybe just going to be angry edition of the Stark and Cope Chicago Sports Podcast. Uh, I am Dan Stark here with my co-host, Noah Cope, who had the misfortune of being at yesterday's Bears game uh, in person. Uh, no, what was that? So I guess just to quickly recap, the Bears got ground into dust yesterday by the Packers. The final score 38 to 20, but uh, the second half was an utter blowout. Uh, so what was that like, Noah? Yeah, I mean, it sucked. Like it, it pretty quickly sort of people realized what was going on. And there really was a lot of optimism going into it. I mean, I was talking about my optimism last week. It really felt like this team, you know, even if it was going to be, you know, a playoff team or whatever, you just figured they were going to be improved. The players, you know, you liked a lot of the pieces this year compared to last year. And so a lot of people, you could tell, were just very optimistic, bought into to what they were going to do. And I mean, pretty much from the jump, you know, they, they can't get a yard on their first drive. And just from there, it's it snowballs and and it's sort of the same old shit. Like everyone is just live, living through the same nightmare that we've lived through for the past you know, 20, 25 years. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, it was as I was like, as the game was ending, I was like, it's hard to imagine a more devastating first game um, than this. Not just because like they got cream, but also that there was just so much hope now that Rogers is gone, that things would be different. And quite honestly, like Jordan Love looked good. Just about any quarterback looks good when they have an hour to find a target. Like uh, he, Justin Fields had, is his uh, rating on PFF was higher than Love's. Yeah, he in which I think is probably fair. I thought Fields had a great first half. I, I, I think that it was. Uh, the second half, he kind of reverted to some of the things that we've seen in the past for him, which were not encouraging. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It was hard for me to imagine a more devastating way to start the season. That like, you, There's finally some hope against the Packers, and you think, all right, maybe we can actually do this. And then they go out and completely lay an egg. Uh, even the, I mean, I guess, you know, uh, 73 to nothing would have been worse. Uh, and maybe you know, the Giants tried to one up them by losing to their rival 40 to nothing uh, in the night game. Um, but even then, to me, like the Bears thing was almost worse because of the whole Rodgers and like thinking, you know, that finally we might have the advantage it could be, which we actually might, where we definitely do not have the advantage is in the trenches. Uh, what's that? The 52 other guys, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and the, just, the head coach, but we can get to that later. Yeah, let's, well, actually, let's get into that, because that, right off the bat, that first fucking play call was atrocious. It's like, there were there was no better sign that this was just going to be more of the same shit that we've seen on offense than the first play of the year. What you run is a dive play up the middle that you just do a right like but do it's, some it's, play, so that's do, the thing that was so disappointing it's like one thing for them to lose it's another thing for them you know to, to for for love to look good like all those things are disappointing but the bears their offense had stretches last year from basically week seven on where they looked very competent they were scoring a ton of points like this wasn't, you know, the Bears from last year. This was diff- This was worse than what we saw last year offensively. Yeah, so that's I, that's part of what made it so disappointing. It's not, not. It wasn't, you know, this the same, the same old, same old. It was worse. Well, it wasn't the same. Well, it's still the same old, same old. It's just not the same as maybe the last eight games of last year or whatever. But it's, it's like what it always has been. And it was such an opportunity to like. For to show your fan base and your players that we're gonna fucking go for it this year. Do do some play action and throw the ball deep to DJ Moore and see what fucking happens. Like that was so just like such a lack of creativity and a lack of kind of meeting the moment, like not understanding what this is about, and just it was fucking terrible. And then the second down call was like I think it was a screen pass, right? It was like one of the few 
little flare passes that worked. And then that fucking terrible third down, but this, the first third and one play of the year, you're going to do some fucking trickery, like just line them up and let fields try to get it. And also, did you not see the big fucking deal made by the entire NFL over what the Eagles did on fourth uh, on all their short yardage plays of pushing a guy and how like, Oh, should we outlaw this play? They did none of that. They just let fields like, jump into the middle when they finally okay right so the third down play was the stupid thing where uh commit goes in motion takes a direct snap and then basically like falls falls down like because i think he tried to get too low if anything and then the next play then they do a normal quarterback i don't sneak. think they were set on that play it didn't look they tried to hurry up and it didn't even look like they were quite set on fucking, that play. it was fucking horrible it was just i mean listen the bottom line play. is regardless of how bad the play calls were you need to be able to get a yard like even with shitty play calling, it's 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 in it's fourth and inches. Yes, they, get the fucking and, yard. And this gets to the watching the game. The only lineman who like I didn't notice being terrible was actually right. I thought Braxton Jones had an okay day. Yeah, I didn't think so watching it uh, because he had a few penalty. He got like called for holding. I think he had like three penalties, um, but he also did not grade out poorly uh i know that um i thought right looked the best but yeah where, where they all were atrocious was in the middle of the line which is not surprising because they talked about like continuity 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 then davis misses all those practices so it's not surprising that he would be kind of shitty uh and plus i wasn't sold on him as a good lineman anyway um but then this idea that tevin jenkins goes down and you're going to move the guy who's worked at center throughout all of training camp. You're going to push him over into an unfamiliar position, a position he's played in the past, granted, but a spot that he had not played, as far as I know, at all during the anything, offseason, any of this stuff, so that you can again try to fucking start Lucas Patrick, who is awful. He is straight up terrible. Like, I've never seen this guy do anything impressive and it's still like they're still going on the fact that he played for getsy like three years ago he's familiar with the system like the personnel decisions though to me yes like concerning but again i don't think they're they're dealing with you know it's like you're dealing with with c c minus like the the options they have aren't great they but they know the options and why the game plan is then to have fields just go straight dropbacks in you know throw these you know quick screen passes and so many things that rely on sufficient blocking knowing that that's not the strength of your team that's what made no sense to me it's one thing to to just not make the right personnel decisions it's another thing to not understand the personnel that you have and not game plan around the deficiencies in your team and so yeah, fields so- doing straight dropbacks for the majority of the game only rolling out a couple times when he did by the way he was I mean, successful in this super small sample size. He had that big play to to Mooney rolling out of the pocket. Yeah, you didn't have any sort of design, like you know, you know, um, RPO sort of stuff where he could take off. I didn't see any of that. It, it just you didn't so, have a ton of of defense of tight end sort of chipping helping out. Like, why are you not game planning towards the deficiencies on your team, and why are you not game planning towards the strengths of your quarterback? Yeah, well, so we're now so like we're talking about two different things, right? One is what, what I'm pissed about, which is like, Oh, look, I'm pissed at it all. But right now you're focusing on Getsy in the fucking shitty play calling, which is totally valid. That also is all those points that you made make sense, right? Like they know what the game is. They should be doing more. Mercedes Lewis should have fucking played like they, when they, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if he was on the, the point, active the point I'm making, because you're talking about personnel. The point I'm, I'm, talking, making... well, I'm talking, hold on. I'm you're talking, Getsy, I'm talking Eberflus, because I assume that that line stuff is Eberflus. And there were there was failures all across the coaching staff. The coaching staff failed the team and the fan base during this game. Right. But the point I'm making is there's no there, there's no combination. Yes, you obviously need to figure out the best five guys, and I don't think they did that. But to me, there's why it's less concerning, I guess I would say, is because there's no com- combination of those players that's going to yield an off in a, a good offensive line, right? You're going to get average at best offensive line play and why you don't, you're not able to understand that and game plan around that fact 
That's what's not making sense to me. Yeah, and but I will I will take issue with the idea that you're not going to be do any do any better than what you got. What they got on the interior was an F. And I do think there is a combination of players, even without Tevin Jenkins, that could be a C minus. With who? First of all, you, you want to see put, white hair at you, center. Yes, I want to see white hair at center, even though I didn't really like that move to begin with, but at least it's the position that he played all along. And then either Jatire Carter at the other guard or kick Borum inside. He was good in the pre see what that looks like. Like they stumbled upon Jenkins as their best lineman uh, by basically having no choice but to kick him inside. Right. Why not try it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, listen, I mean, yeah, it's the personality. I, I, I agree that like make some changes, at least over the course of the game, while things aren't working, even if you wanted to start with Patrick, you know, at guard and just, just because of whatever the reason he played with gets you, they're playing the Packers, you know, old team, maybe he gets up for, for, for that kind of game. But over the course of the game, that's another issue that, you know, we can get into. It just seemed like there were no, like, why is nothing changing over the course of the game? The game's 10, six going into the half green Bay, obviously comes out of the half, the break and there's changes all over the place. Yes. They, it's, they, it's super effective on their end. And on our end, it's worse. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, they what, they what was do, happening at halftime. Yeah, they did nothing. They did. They made no adjustments in at halftime, and did nothing to counter the adjustments that the Packers made at halftime. And the they other thing doing, to to touch on Flus, by the way, is last year when I thought the personnel was worse, they at least were. It seemed to me at least they were pretty disciplined there weren't a ton of penalties there weren't definitely weren't a ton of you know stupid kind of penalties that they had and over the course of this game it was i mean they couldn't help themselves and and Komet said that that they just weren't focused like to me that's that's all coach i don't understand how that happens as well yeah how can you not be focused the first game of the year against your biggest rival right so to me that's that's on that's all Eberflus. i mean there's plenty Plenty of blame to go around for the entire entire coaching staff, but you're you're a defensive head coach. The majority of capital, both in terms of cap space and the draft, from the time you've been there, has been put on the defensive side of the ball, and you come out and do that. It's yeah. it's it's insane. And the the seat for this coaching staff should be insanely hot already. Like, I, look, it's one game, you know, we shouldn't overact, whatever. This was a fucking disaster. And I, we weren't podcasting yet, but the whole loose, this was, to me, this was an arranged, an arranged marriage that Holes got hired. And then like the next day they hired Fluce pretty much. Right. I don't remember exactly yeah, what was, the timeline was, was after. but there is no way that they didn't say that this is the coach we want. They had Dable in the building. When? Well, Over the, it was the same coaching cycle. They had Dable in that building. Oh yeah. Before that. Well, I don't, I look, I'm not sold on him either. He might, he might've had a Matt Nagy first year. I don't know. I think that Cowboys team is, is, is very good, and I think. Dave well, I'm was. just saying, I don't, I don't know who was the answer, but my point is that this was. There's almost no way that this was, that this was the guy that Poles would have hired if it had been this, 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 his decision. And if he makes a decision on his second day of for something like this, then he's not a good GM. So I've always believed that this was kind of thrust upon him by others, and that he will get the chance to hire his own coach. Uh, at some point, if this isn't working out, but I was actually uh, impressed. Like I was impressed with Iberflus last year, given the hand he was dealt. In terms of how disciplined this team seemed to be, they, I think they were one of the least penalized team last year, and that was with a ton of undrafted and you know players and other players who just obviously clearly don't belong on NFL rosters. And now you have a much, just on paper, a much more talented group, and they're not ready to play. Yeah. And then, uh, all right, so I was taking notes during the game uh, for this very thing. And I have, I would say, a, a solid quarter of my notes were on that first drive alone. 
<laughs> I ended it with fucking terrible play calling. Well, uh, back up on the first drive. Did you want fourth down? Are you saying go for it? Because yeah, there was I, another part of me, another part of me that's like, you've got this guy who's essentially a rookie starting the season in a pretty hostile, you know, at that time before the crowd completely was out of the game, pretty hostile environment. Why not make the guy, you know, drive the field on on his first drive? That was my real time thinking before once once they fought, like knowing the history of this rivalry, I just didn't want like it seemed like that was an obvious place where that always goes the Packers way. Yeah. In retrospect, knowing how fucking overmatched they were at the line of scrimmage, I I agree. At the time, I thought, "Fuck yeah, go for it!" Like, let's show that this is different. But that's another so thing I hate. If I'm going to criticize, when, when if I'm going to criticize, when he's quoting like the numbers and sort of like the percentages, like that's a play you, that's a play. Yes, like you're the but those percentages are, are, are with comp, with a competent old line. Like, yeah. Again, you have to know your personnel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It's a good point. I just wanted to see him do it because it was the play they should have run on third fucking down. Like, and so I didn't think. But you didn't know the play they were running before they ran it. No, but I assumed that they were going to. I thought that they were going to let, that they were going to have fields run and they were going to do the butt push is what I thought was going to happen. Gotcha. All right. So you, Uh, we were on different pages on that because being at the game, I was like, already got this eerie feeling once Komet didn't get it. Yeah, true. Um, I thought that they were like kind of making up for their mistake. It, it, they instead they exacerbated it surely with a with another just kind of. It's like they don't pay attention to what's going on, um, and then they get on defense. And this was pretty much the whole game. This defense looked amazing on first and second down. Yeah, like, I, they had so they had so many times where it was like, oh my god, they have. It's third and 14. It's third and 13. It's third and 12. I mean, I don't know. It it seemed like they were in third and long or at least until like into the second half when it when the wheels really started to come off, they were forcing them into these really shitty situations and then getting like literally zero pass rush, like not even forcing him to move out of the pocket. Like there was nothing. But well, that's another able... thing is not that's that's another example of not be playing to your team's you know you deficiencies. Mean the zero I, blitzing. I, no, there was no like you figured going into the game. Just as someone, if you were like both lines like are not good, what like what should they do? Well, you should probably have extra you know extra linemen in on certain on certain plays. You probably have Mercedes Lewis getting a ton of snaps given his his resume as a blocker, like all those, and then on defense. We should probably disguise some blitzes, make a young quarterback sort of pick stuff. Like, this is not rocket science. This is just like having common football sense. And they did none of it. I saw no sort of disguise blitzes. I saw no no, no cover zeros. I saw no, no no bringing the house and making, a, a, you know, a young quarterback make quick decisions. None of it. Like, it's not – I don't understand why it's, – it's so frustrating because it doesn't make sense. It was all – it was it's just entirely risk averse coaching. It's like we're not gonna call any plays where where we try to push the, the ball down the field. We're gonna make field look and it doesn't say a whole lot. Like they just decided to give up their choice of any quarterback in the draft, and yet they still in year three will not take the fucking training wheels off. Well they, like, they asked him, they said in in the press conference, you know, what did you think of you, I think the question was like, you only had three passes travel more than 10 yards down the field. Like, what did you think of not, you know, taking more shots? He's like, yeah, that was just the game plan. And, and that's, that's what we were trying to execute. That was just what we had the game plan going in. And so I, I agree that it's like, they, there must in, in the coaching staff's eyes, the only way that, that makes sense is if they don't trust him. Yeah. It's like, well, then why did you just do that? Why didn't you just give up? on him like this coaching staff is garbage like that i'm really starting like i i don't want to draw too many conclusions i did not like getsy at all last year i thought it was ridiculous that people were like oh you're gonna lose him to a head coach job this guy's terrible oh i liked him actually i given given the way they were able to adjust you know they had that that week against uh, washington and the way they were able to adjust the next week and and 
have that stretch of being one of the highest scoring offenses, I was like, all right, this guy kind of gets it and he's able to play towards the team strengths. I have little faith in anyone on this coaching staff. Yeah, but why last um, year didn't you like Getsy? I think because because it took him so long to pull his head out of his ass. Okay. Well, I at least was like, and that's I what that's by the way, we'll get to this later, but to me, the only hope of sort of what they can do is have it have that sort of come to Jesus moment that they had last year against Washington and realize that that's that's what's gonna have to happen again this this year because it really to to not like understand the moment and to understand yeah. the personnel and to take yeah. have three balls travel more than ten yards down the field. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's it's malpractice is what it is. It's it's fucking terrible. It's terrible and it, and it's I guess there is the possibility that Getze is being a little bit hogtied by Ibrafus because it was very much the game plan of a defensive coach. Just you mean keep everything sort of yes conservative? Let's, yes, yeah, yeah. We don't want to make the, the big mistake, and then it's like the Patriots. But then you're going offense. for it on fourth down, right? It's like the Patriots' offense last year when it was like Patricia. And yeah, but then why go for it on fourth down? Yeah, yeah true. Um, it's just, it's so disheartening, um, and all like also just fucking angry like i just was so mad yesterday like it ruined well so, so thankfully the one thing like i going to the game i i don't get the same sort of um like cathartic anger experiences that when i'm home and i can just like you know be a psychopath and and scream right like you, you sort of have to have some level of um decorum at the game yeah yeah. Like I I I and it, on top of the fact that it's just such a pain in the ass to get to get to and it it just takes up your entire day going. Like me I was like there's as someone who loves going to live sporting events, there's no reason for me to go like I was planning on going back. They play the Vikings on my birthday. It's like I'm going to go to that game. I'm I'm until they earn it. There's there's no reason for me to go back. It was just such a, a upsetting experience and you don't even get to the cathartic experience of of of, of screaming at the TV. Well, I was gonna say maybe that is a reason to go back. What? <laughs> you don't become a psychopath. And I'm like, maybe I yeah, should. Yeah, but go to now games. I have like all this sort of pent up like. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you, with, I, that's it, what was, I'm it was happening. It was happening in the moment, and I'm still fucking pissed. So I, I don't think that there was any catharsis. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a. I'm just a bubbling cauldron. Um. The other notes. I wrote down. I wrote down pants on national TV. It was in a highlighted spot too. And what I don't like is, like I said, Fields. I thought looked. I thought he looked really good in the first half, given what they were trying to do. Yeah, I, so like, I've gone back and watched some of those dropbacks, and I think there were a couple misses on balls where, again, it's like got to be willing to to take some you know more aggressive yeah. shots. But yeah, by and large. He was reading the field. He was, you know, getting to the check. He was going through for, there. Yeah, right, he, going was, through he wasn't projection. going to, wasn't right. staring down his primary target like he did on the pick six. Right, exactly. Well, I also, I think at that point, that was just like a frustration throw. Where it's yeah, like, I, I agree, but I don't like that when, and well, all right, so let's talk about that a little bit. Because I, I think that's good. I have, I had concerns because I thought that like, uh, there was, most of the time he was running for his life. There was one sack I thought later that was kind of his holding on to the ball a little bit too long or not doing enough just to get it out. Um, and then there was that staring it down, which is like, has this guy made any progress? The what's um, it called? I thought was the, are you talking about the, the second and goal sack? Maybe that was it. I don't, I don't remember. I was just thinking like, Oh man, he's like just reverting back to what he was last year after like looking kind of a little bit different, more confident. Um, he kind of reverted back, but the, the bigger issue that I have is they're down, I don't know, 24, six, maybe it was at this point. At the time of the interception? No, no, no. Just I'm at some point in the second half, they're down 24, six. Right. And I, they, every, from the time, like it was 10, six till the time it was 24, six, they kept on cutting the bench and he's just sitting there like looking sad on the bench. And it's like, Dude, this guy is your quarterback. He's got to be like, hey, let's fucking, let's go. Let's get this thing 
let's write the ship here. Let's do this. Right. Yeah, yeah. And my concern that I have with him is maybe he's got a little too much D Rose in him where it's like, he's kind of just, he's kind of even keeled and they need someone fiery and someone who's like a leader and that can rally them when they're in games like that. Cause it doesn't be the only game that where they look like shit. Like he needs to believe that they're going to come back and win. And the guy who actually sparked them. Oh, so briefly was Roshan Johnson. Yeah. Like go we'll talk about him in a second. He was, he was plowing over guys. Yeah. And also holding on to like, he was, he was blocking guys down the field. I mean, he, yeah, I agree that he was like, one of the only guys who's who came ready to play and and came you know sort of being like I'm actually fighting for for a real job here and I'm going to show this this team uh, what I can do. But I the problem I I think also with that sort of leadership thing is I don't think that's something that you can just get in someone's ear about and and like it's it's something I think that you either have and it's authentic and you're sort of that kind of guy or not. Yeah, and we've had a lot of the knots. Right. I mean, that's that was probably Cutler's biggest thing, too, was the, not that I'm not saying that they're the same, but Cutler also was a guy that you had no confidence. He was very aloof. But he was too aloof. Uh, and, and so it's a different kind uh, of, I don't know, lack of. Because I think the guy I think that I from what you hear, I think the guys very much like fields and they they know how special he is and the way they talk about him is in a way where they, they do have respect for him. And so I don't think like, I think Cutler. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm just, right, I just right. mean but that like, yes, in terms of you need to be the guy that's like on the sideline, sort of the way Brady, one of Brady's greatest qualities is sort of like clapping up and down. So, you know, let's go, let's, let's, yeah. let's be ready for this drive. And you're, you're not right. You're you're definitely not seeing that from fields and even if it isn't authentic like you figure someone should just be in his ear just be like hey like you just you, you gotta know. you gotta beat this guy so right. the defense needs to say something to him like that's the only like whoever the leader of the defense like hey man you gotta grab these guys i i don't know it, that just I, that was the probably the most concerning thing for me is like his body language just is awful he doesn't seem like he's like trying to lead them and i agree that it can probably be i shouldn't say i agree but i'm it could it's probably very difficult when you have under three seconds to throw to then go to the sideline and be the rah-rah guy after you're just getting you know pressured and hit all day i can see how that's difficult but that it it comes with the territory of of wanting to be great and, and wanting to win like yes you have empathy for the guy that he just has no time to to do what he needs to do. And he's probably thinking to himself, why am I not on the San Francisco 49ers right now? But you you have to if if you want it and you want to be special and you want to be you know a franchise quarterback, these are the things that come with the job. And you watch that that Netflix quarterback show and and you watch you know part of again what make you know what Brady why he was so special, why Mahomes is so special is because you know, the other teams in the red zone and Mahomes is up and down the sideline being like, get ready to respond, get ready to score. Like, let's go down, let's respond and let's, you know, let's go and win this game in, in all these big moments. And, and to your yeah. point, it's not something I actively, you know, was saw or was like even thinking about, but it's a great point that if, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, that's one of the qualities you absolutely have to have. Yeah. And that, that's definitely my biggest concern because Honestly, the I, I think they already said this, or maybe I did, that if he had had Love's time and scheme, he would have had a better game than Love did. Like, I, I firmly believe that he, he in a vac- According to PFF, he already did have a better game. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're accounting for the fact that his scheme was terrible. And it's like what he did in those moments without it. And that's that's also, like you said, it's hard to have a good game when there's frustration too. And he still scored better, even with some of those shitty plays that we saw towards the end. Here's how, you know, it was bad. I went to the game with my grandfather. And for those of you who don't know, my grandfather has been a very anti Justin Fields guy, pretty much from the moment they drafted him. We won't get into the reasons why, but he even was like, 
Fields is actually okay, and he just has no time. Like that's yeah. how bad it was, you know, <laughs> just watching it live. That even he was like, "No one's going to succeed under these circumstances." Yeah, yeah, it was it was ugly. Um, they have so much to work on, but I have so little confidence that this coaching staff is the one that's going to be able to do that work. And look, hopefully. Uh, we'll look back this at is this their game. Washington game, right. right? We'll look back at this game and say, "Yeah, oh, remember how how bad it was?" And then, boom, they turned it around. Um, yeah, this was this was the worst game that I can remember of the Fields era was that Cleveland game that the yeah, first start, yeah, and this was game. What's that? You remember that Buccaneers game? The same. No, season. what happened? They just got thrashed. They lost like oh. 45 to three or something. Yeah, like but that. The, the Cleveland one was like when it was like, how could this be what these with this coaching? Staff right. That was doing? his first his first NFL start. And it was just a straight dropbacks. Yeah. And this is this was a, a million times worse um, because, you know, there you could just be like, well, it's his first game and the coach staff, they're out, they're on the way out anyway. And that was kind of what probably sealed their fate. Um but this was just a, such a rough way to open. Right, you know the even commodity with, you have. Yeah, even with the like our, our kind of, I would say, somewhat tempered enthusiasm, this is starting to feel like oh, maybe they'll be picking. Maybe Caleb Williams is going to be on the board when, when their pick comes up. I was going to say, uh, with between the way the Panthers looked and the way we looked, and the way that this new quarterback class is looking. I don't know if we want to even go there, and I'm still not. I'm I'm not jumping off the the field's bandwagon because no, I, I'm not either. I I look, but I, I, I do. I I do think that there is going to be a louder and louder. What was probably a minority could soon become a majority of. Hey, look how good Caleb Williams looks. Look how good Drake May looks. Look how good Deion Sanders' son looks. Like I think there's going to be sort of that. Yeah. That that that's going to become a lot louder. Than, than it was last year for sure. All right. So what else had you? All right. So we talked a lot about the O line. We talked a lot or a fair amount about the D line. Like the only guy, and this came through in the PFF scores too. The only guy who looked good was Billings on the D line. I thought. He, uh, he had, yeah. He I blew mean, up a couple, and Gakwe was okay. He had he had one. Of, I remember him having one big big play over the course of the game. I think he like totally blew up a, a pitch play or a run play. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And that's not what he's known for. Certainly he did have a nice play. Yeah. He had, and then he had a sack too, right? Yeah. I think he had that. It was like at the end of the half, he had that yeah. one that I almost pushed him out of field goal range or but, at least but, for, forced a long field goal. But when it mattered, when they were in known passing situation right. when it's they the, could the time not, that they paid him for, you know, to get to the quarterback they couldn't they, they couldn't nobody yeah and i saw that out of i don't know how many was it like almost a hundred uh defensive end rasheem green was like the fourth from the bottom <laughs> um and it, uh i think i from what i remember that they were like the highest ranked edge rusher they had was 75th out of basically a hundred. Um, oh, all also, the guys, uh, just keep going. We'll, we'll, no, I'll all the guys that Ngakwe was basically, I think he was like more or less like a 60, um, but Ngakwe was the highest, but uh, Demarcus Walker was beneath him. Uh, Dominique, what's that? Wait, Dominique Robinson. Robinson, right? Yeah. yeah. Dominique Robinson was, was below him. Um, and you mean the former, uh, what was he, quarterback or wide wide receiver? receiver, Isn't isn't an above average pass rusher? That's not working out, yeah. Um, Um, so the defensive line was terrible, but Billings, I thought, did look good, but neither, I guess, I didn't even know that. Uh, I thought Pickens had, I heard at least I didn't pick up on a live, but. Going back, I, I thought Pickens had a couple of nice. That's what I I saw that in the scoring, and I didn't pick up on that watching it either. I thought it, Dexter definitely didn't do anything. That was like I kind of was more aware. I didn't even realize that Pickens had gotten snaps. But again, like you know, these guys are 
in the trenches, hopefully if you, you're getting a push, you're doing your job. And that must've been what Pickens was doing when he did get his opportunities. Um, but the D line did not look good. Uh, I don't know how we've got, you know this... what I'm, I, I don't know if you know what I'm driving at here. Yeah. I don't know how was... we've gotten this far into the podcast without talking about Chase Claypool. Oh, okay. Well, that, well, we'll get to Chase Claypool, but where I was going was there was a certain, no, there was a certain D lineman who looked really good in yesterday's games, not for the bears, but could have been for the bears. And that is Jalen Carter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Carter had, he didn't look good. He looked unbelievable. Yeah, he eight had, pressures, uh, a sack. Yeah, eight he, pressures from an interior defensive lineman. Um, just blowing things up was the highest or second highest rated defensive lineman in the entire league per PFF. And look, if you don't believe PFF, he had eight pressures. The, and a what sack. You say the, <laughs> and a sack. The, the entire Bears team had, you said, six, six. pressures? Six pressures, yeah. yeah. I sent you a text. I said, yeah. Jalen Carter pressures eight. Bears defense pressures six. Six. It was, it, it, uh, listen, we didn't get to watch that game because we're watching. So you you're already miserable about you know the results of the game, and then you're getting on Twitter and you're like, wait a second, Jalen Carter also absolutely yeah. destroyed the Patriots. It's like, god damn it. And look, I, as I said before, I thought that Wright had a pretty good game, but again, he's playing right tackle. Like, this is not a high-impact position, whereas Jalen Carter can just destroy what an offense is trying to do. If they had had Jalen Carter playing like he played, and look, maybe, who knows? Uh, right, I don't, I don't know. Even... A lesser defensive line, how many, is that what you're saying? Like, on a lesser defensive line, how effective he would have been? Well, and I don't know who the interior linemen, uh, how good the um, Patriots interior linemen are and maybe he wouldn't have had such an easy time with the Packers line either but the fact remains that this guy was a force in week one it's not a perfect thing but he was being triple teamed at times a guy that plays that close to the ball we've just seen it the last decade with Aaron Donald and everyone knew that there was a chance that this guy could be a Aaron Donald Type, hey, how about Chris Jones? Having Aaron Donald type, yeah, Chris Jones type impact. And they decided they wanted a right tackle. Um, when they could have, again, uh, what was the Chiefs tackle they could have signed to play left tackle? Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown, yeah. They could have signed Orlando Brown, kicked, either played him a right tackle if they really wanted to, or kicked uh, Braxton Jones over to the other side. And then drafted Jalen Carter, but it just um, again, it's a conser- it's another conservative move. Yeah, yeah, right. It's They're like we're going to do the safe right, which is a huge problem. Yeah, we're going to do the safe thing, and we're going to do the safe thing, and we're going to trade out early and, and make sure we 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 get a known haul and a known player. We're going to do yeah. the safe thing, and we're going to draft you know a right tackle instead of drafting this kid who's got some some flags, but is probably the most talented. Um, player in the draft. We're going to do the safe thing and not, not blitz. It's just time and t- like time and time again, when you're a team that is, you know, where they are with average talent, you, you have to take swings. And yeah. if, the, if they don't pan out, so be it. But at least, right. right. At least you can understand the, the thought process behind it. And guess what? If Jalen Carter sucked in this game, the, 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 the outcome would have been, it would be the same. It would be the exact same. So, like, yeah. what's what are you losing by not at least taking that swing? Yeah, it's just. I mean, if, if you want to go back and listen to Noah and I being devastated uh, and super angry at, after the draft, um, that one's out there. I think what was that episode three, maybe? Yeah. Uh, where you got our take on wanting Jay, so desperately wanting Jalen Carter to fall to the Bears, having him fall to the Bears, and then they trade the fucking pick. Um, so yeah, uh, Noah mentioned another guy uh, who had a terrible game. Yeah, maybe the only time Chase they were Claypool. willing to be aggressive and they can move was Chase Claypool. Yeah, who looked like 
He looked lost is what he looked. He yeah, looked he didn't lost. look like his head he was in un- the game uninspired. And he actually stuck. He was a guy who actually stuck out to me where I was making mental notes of there were times where he it looked like he didn't even know where he was supposed to be, which was a problem last year. And people, myself included, chalked it up to it's learning the playbook. You just came over, whatever. I saw a couple times where Mooney's like, I'm supposed to be off. You're supposed to be on. Like, get your ass onto the field. You're supposed to be on the right side. I'm supposed to be on the left side. And then, I mean, just the lack of blocking that he was doing on some of the screen passes, the drop on the screen that he had. Like, it just looked like he was uninspired and didn't want to be there in what you were like. The worry with him was, oh, maybe he will be really good this year just because it's a contract year. And then they're going to get stuck with him for the next few years was kind of, you know, one of the worries I yeah. had. It, yeah. We're not going to have to worry about that. Right. <laughs> I wonder if he lasts the entire season with the way he just played. He looked horrible. Like he was noticeably bad. That like, you know, he's this big body. He's not blocking anybody uh on the outside. Like I, I don't see I, I would give him next week and then he would no longer get snaps for me if he doesn't. Well, I texted a buddy of mine who like you was not a fan of that trade. And I said, I can see it on, on Claypool. You know, going into this year, I was like, listen, if he is sort of that rookie year Claypool and catches a bunch of touchdown passes, goes for near a thousand yards, no one's going to care about the 32nd pick. And I th- I think that's true. Like, had he done that, I, I think, I really don't think anyone would care about the draft capital. Uh, I can see it. I was wrong about that. That's clearly way too much. I mean, it's obvious he was terrible last night. He he wasn't ready to play. He looked uninspired. Didn't know where he was supposed to be. He was the. I mean, I I can't even imagine what he, what he was graded on, but he was by far the worst. Uh, one of the worst players on the field yesterday, and yeah. you know was was someone who who clearly stuck out amongst the fans, and there was a a ton of, you know. Get, let's get ten out of here. What the what the hell is Claypool doing? There was there was a lot of that. Oh, was there? And yes. So um, there are three three of their five or three of their four lowest rated guys on offense. They had four guys who had a below a fifty, which is just atrocious. Um, one of them was tra- by this is PFF's uh, scoring. One of them was Claypool. Claypool and Lucas Patrick were tied for dead last on the team, uh, on the offense, I should say, with 43.2 uh, grades. So, everybody, we are back. Uh, a little technical difficulty on my end, or at least difficulty staying focused. I guess that's <laughs> possibly a technical issue for me. Uh, but, um, yeah, so Claypool was terrible um, among the worst graded or the worst graded guy uh, on the offense. And it kind of showed um, in the play. The other guy I thought actually looked pretty bad was Komet. Uh, he just didn't do anything. You know, the, I didn't think that he executed well on that sneak play. Um, he did not break. I don't think a single tackle when he did uh, catch one of those short one of those many short passes from fields. Um, he certainly was not a difference maker. Yeah. He had that. Uh, to, the, the only one that stuck out to me was when they got in the red zone and he had that, he, he got that first ball on, on first and goal and wasn't able to break out of that, that tackle. And what would have been a touchdown had he been able to break out of it? That was the only yeah. real play that stuck out to me as a negative, but I guess because I, you know, he, he didn't even get, didn't register on my radar just because, to me, it was sort of hard to give any of the receivers a hard time for not sticking out, given yeah. given what the game plan was and how unwilling they were to to move the ball down the field. Yeah. Um. So, like, uh, you know, I mean, DJ Moore is an unbelievable receiver. You only or um, unbelievable is a strong word, but DJ Moore is a top twenty receiver. You only caught two passes. Can't give him a hard time. You only had two targets, right? So it's hard for me to to get on any. Any of those? Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, it, it's true. Uh, but I felt like Komet had a fair number of targets. Now, the the other problem was now watching the game. Obviously, we just talked, or we briefly talked about uh, Roshan Johnson giving them like uh, a pretty nice little shot in the arm and 
briefly thought hey maybe they uh maybe they can get something going here and then the defense could not have responded any worse after they cut it to, you know they, they're down 24 6 they have this roshan johnson driven drive where he it's really, mooney by the way on one of the only few balls right beautiful truck, pass yeah it's, it's Ro- the roshan johnson the truck somebody that's also the drive where Moore had both the catches right yeah no no yeah. no 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 it wasn't because no? they, they had to settle for a field goal on that drive uh, okay um, oh, that was the one where they with the Cole commit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but re- he really gave him a spark, and it looked like all right, maybe there's something. And then they just immediately crap it away. Um, every third down, or I wrote down, you know, they they paid all this money for these linebackers, and but the, the way it got to be twenty four seven, twenty four six is that no, but no one. None of them could guard fucking Aaron Jones out of the backfield. And then so these all these linebackers uh, do that. And then they have it seemed like there was a few different times, but certainly on that drive after uh, the Roshan Johnson spark um, where they just have a complete blown coverage and a rookie tight end is that 30 yards downfield with no one within 20 yards of him somehow. Yeah, well, on that one, uh, yes, they absolutely blew the coverage, but I wonder because Love fumbled that snap, so I yeah, wonder if someone abandoned it was like, "All right, like let's let's go make a play and, and try and grab that ball," and then he sort of leaked out. Yeah, um, I don't. It, but I, they asked Fu- they asked Foose about that in the press conference, and he said, "Yeah, they you know it's it's a disguise where you know whatever it's I don't know what you call it when they're they're signaling like the tight end is going to block, and he sort of just leaks out, and we just didn't pick it up when we got to be better there." That was a cover zero, meaning no one covered anyone. It didn't look like, yeah. and certainly not him. Uh, and that I thought was like, that was when it was truly game over. Cause like, all right, they got it within 10. They get a stop here. I was, was, that, like, was that that drive or was that, was it the Aaron Jones screen was the drive after? No, the Aaron Jones screen was what made it 24 six. Right, 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 right. Because they were going the other way, right? By the time that, I thought, well, whatever. I'm I'm pretty positive the Aaron Jones thing was the the, I fir- think the right. long I think the right. long pass where he didn't score, but he had like the 51 yard reception was the first drive of the second half. Yeah, the second yeah, yeah. half, and then the next one, which I actually missed because I was making. Uh, making lunch for somebody or dinner, an early dinner for somebody. So I missed the first drive out of the second half because I was like, all right, 10 6. And then by the time I got back to the TV, it was 17 6. Like, well, did you also get that feel like when, and here's where I did feel like same old, same old was at that point, got to whatever, 17 6. Or, and you sort of got that like, are we going to be able to even score? Set, you know, yeah. more. And then when it got to 24, you, you were like, all right, this is really over. Like, I, I don't see us how we can score 25 points in this game. And that's yeah. really a, a same old, same old bears sort of feeling where it's like, if, yeah. if this game is getting you know out of the, the teens, we're fucked. Yeah. Well, the, like I said, the only time I had any hope in the second half was right at when they scored that. Uh, got Johnson decide. got the touchdown and they did a Khalil Herbert two point conversion, right? was what. Yeah. But yeah. no, Mooney got the touchdown, and then they did the. Oh yeah, sorry, Mooney. Yeah, Mooney caught the pass from Fields, and then it was Khalil Herbert, right? Got the two. Correct. Johnson, right? Yes. Yeah. And in watching the game, I thought that both Herbert and um, Johnson both looked good, and the one I didn't like was Foreman. Was Foreman, uh, but he actually graded out pretty well per PFF. He had a couple of nice runs, I thought, in, in between the tackles. And regardless, I actually I think it is like the fact that they can sort of rotate through these three guys who, to me, seem like they're about on all on par with each other, like should be a huge advantage. But you have to you have to try and supplement it with the fuck some with, passes down. Right. Down right. Like, all right. Like, Paul, all right. You established the run. Let's go take a play action shot to DJ Moore and see what he could do. Let's let's take a play action shot to to Claypool and use his six five frame and see what he like. It just there was no, it, yeah. I, I I mean we we talked about it. It's just it's so 
it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose to the Packers. Like these all are things that suck, but sort of things we're used to just to be that incompetent when like the stakes are, are what they like. That's to me is what was so frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough thing to, to watch. Um, I did write down at one point I want to stop watching. And the only reason I'm watching is because of the podcast. Cause I needed to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Cause our, our listeners rely on my in-depth analysis. Um, you know, just to, to keep themselves going. Uh, I think I wrote fuck you Getsy at least three times on this single page of notes that I have. So what, all right. So obviously it's as bad as it can get. It's the Packers, which exacerbates things. It's the 325 sort of national spot that obviously exacerbates things. But how much, I mean, there, there has to be some level of like, it is week one in the NFL where we do see year after year a lot of, you know, one offs. And yes, it's the Bears and the Packers. And it's, the same things that we've seen year after year. And that's part of, I think, why there is so much freak out. And obviously there is, you know, a ton of, we've gone down the line with all the coaching mishaps, with all the personnel mishaps. Like, obviously that is all there, but there has to be some level of, it. it's week one in the NFL. It's a long season. Let's treat it like week one and let's not you know overreact to the fact that it's the Packers and it's all the things I mentioned there's a lot of teams that you know Pittsburgh got the ball half the the team are on one half the teams are on one right so exactly so uh, what level you know of of that thinking were were you at sort of post game or at least today um you know once you got a chance to cool off um I'm not there I, I'm just thinking like it, it. They made it so hard to envision it getting any better. Um, I just have no faith in this coaching staff to do better. Um, and I, I hope that I'm proven wrong, but I have no reason to believe that I will be. I'm. I'll listen. The reason I believe it can get better is because I. It, it did last year. It. It. They, they, yeah. It's 12 7 against Washington. Everyone was losing their minds, if you remember, about you know what this offense was doing, how prehistoric it was. You know, they, they, they can't move the ball and they come out and they drop 33 the next Monday on, um, New, England. on New England. And, and then so, didn't win a game the rest of the year. Sure, but we're putting up points on offense, right? I think they, they put up 28 on Dow. Like they, they were putting up points. They put yeah, up 30, they were. 30 some on Miami. Like against good teams and good defenses, they they were putting up you know a decent amount of points, and so at least offensively, to me there is hope that that they can they can turn a corner, and then you just have to I mean hopefully also all these guys are like hey like maybe we're we're not what we thought we were we got to sort of um, you know relock in and and can't do any of this dumb shit and and let's sort of you know take this punch in the mouth and reset and, and go beat a Bucks team that maybe is riding a little high after, after being the Vikings and, and you know, we'll be that, that hungry team that can come in and, 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 you know, after two weeks, they're, they're one and one, right? Like then they, then you could sort of relax and, and it can just be, all right, that was a, a bad week one. We got a whole lot of season left in front of us. Yeah. You, you talked about how important it was uh, to start off two and oh, um, yeah, going you, to Kansas not, City. and now that Kansas City game with them having lost to the Lions, there's no way Kansas City starting 0 and 3, right? So, and I have a hard time believing they'll even start 1 and 2, meaning that I don't see any way the Bears could possibly win that game. Uh, so they have to win against Tampa Bay, I think. Right, but uh, I guess the point to, I'm to making is like, season. all right, so you beat Tampa Bay. Denver didn't look all that inspired against the Raiders, who, you know. Who knows what they're, yeah. Right. No, I, aren't, I aren't, aren't expecting greatness out of them. So you come out of the first month two and two, and that's sort of like, all right, like we thought those two losses would come against um, against KC and Denver. They they ended up coming against KC and, and Green. Like, who cares, right? Like the two losses are the two losses. Sure. The two wins are the two wins. 
yeah. obviously this is wishful thinking and you're you're hoping that the coaching staff that just showed us what they showed us on Sunday is going to be able to make those adjustments, which I can see where that there there's a, a, a massive disconnect in hoping for that. But, you know, they, they did show us that last year. And so to me, I'm, I'm not going to completely, you know, lose faith in the fact that this team can, you know, be better than they were last year and, and can improve. Yeah, I guess, um, I don't even know if lost faith. I just, I have no faith um, that, that they're going to do really anything. It's just, I know I've been watching the NFL for a long time. I know that week one is just one week, um, but that was, a, that was rough uh, in every single respect. Now there were some things that I did feel a little hopeful about. I thought that, Tyreek Stevenson looked good. He made it just had a couple of nice plays. I thought he did a good job of kind of coming up in support. Didn't really notice him making any bad plays in coverage. I know he had a, a fair amount of tackles. I thought he looked good. You know, Pickens apparently scored well. Like I said, I didn't notice it, but he he looked pretty good. I thought that Wright looked pretty good. Um, so it wasn't like there were there were some mine, and like I said, Tyler Gordon DJ looked good Moore, to me, by the way. Yeah, I, he, I thought he, looked, he left I the game, it, but he he had a big pass breakup and and made a couple of nice he, plays. I they didn't really. They, I don't think they mentioned it on their broadcast that he was no longer playing. But at some point, I stopped noticing him, and I was like, "Wait, where the hell is he?" The other and guy then, who disappointed me, by the way, just to to stay on that sort of the young guy wavelength. I didn't see a whole lot of splash from Brisker. No, I think he I think he hurt himself a little bit too. He came out at one point, and I know he came back in, but I think he was a little injured but yeah he didn't do did not do much of anything except for i think there were because there was another blown coverage where he overthrew, just overthrew the guy yep and yeah, that he... looked like it might have been a brisker so they were trying to pass something off and obviously yeah, and it no, did not yeah, get so, passed off um so yeah I, I i agree he did not he did not show out um i'm trying to think I, like i said i thought his two targets, DJ Moore was encouraging too. Um, but you got to try to feed him the ball more than two times. And you got to talk about ball. Justin Fields being encouraging in the first half. Yeah, the second half, though, for me, almost kind of wiped it away. Like, yeah, but I don't know. Like, how much, at least when the game seemed like it was in the balance, he was, he was before he, it was obvious passing downs and he had to force some things. It looked to me like he was seeing the field very well and making, you know, pretty good decisions within the the bullshit, terrible stuff yeah. that they were actually trying to do. He was actually he was like, was he like eight of his first nine or nine of his first ten or something like that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's just hard to come away with, with feeling real good about anything that went down. Um, no, there's nothing to feel very good. I mean, the, you're really. Yes, it's it's finding needle in the haystack to, to find any positives because you know they're they're when you lose like they just did to a division rival, given the expectations that they have, um as I'm watching the Cubs blow a three to one lead in the seventh and now are losing four to three. Um you know, hmm. good thing good things just keep coming to Chicago. Um. Yeah. There's. There's nothing to really, really feel good about from from that game. Given and also, I mean, the expectations are a huge part of it. I think if they come out, you know, last year and and this is the performance, obviously you're upset just because it's the Packers. But there's not that same level of anger and disappointment, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Um. Anything else that you want to say about this shitty game? Uh. Burn the tape and and let's move on to uh to Tampa Bay. On to Tampa. Yeah, it's like I said several times. Uh, hard to imagine a worse way to start the season, and the Bears are very lucky that the Cubs called up Pete Crow Armstrong. If I didn't say that already, people were because... were joking on Twitter that you know Poles put in a call to to Jed, being like, "Can you uh, can you change the news cycle for us?" Yeah, that news um, was very welcome. Uh, and um, going out there tomorrow, we're recording this on Monday, uh, when we already discovered that Pete Cromshaw got put into the game, 
unexpectedly, so I'm not even going to be there for his major league debut, and maybe not even for his first at bat. Although, maybe if they're losing, he might actually, yeah, yeah. Well, or he he's might... going to have a very important at bat upcoming in this game. Yeah, I have a feeling they might pinch run or pinch it for him, especially if it's the ninth. But we'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else, Noah? Yeah, just. We've That's been here before. That's at least what we, the one thing we can rely on is the fact that we we we've been here before, and and all the coping strategies and and the grief we we know we know well, and we we know how to deal with well because it's yeah. it's been year over year. So yeah, it's 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 um. I just hope that somehow, I, I like I said, I have no faith, but somehow they can give us something to feel good about this season. Yeah, I mean, I I still believe in our quarterback, and that I guess would be the something, right? Is more more flashes from him of potentially being a franchise guy. Um, but yeah, after after last week, it's it's a stretch to to hope for anything, you know, really super positive out of out of the season, just because of how, you know, like you said, this is on par with week three at Cleveland uh, in the Nagy era with, with Fields' first start. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> this has been a very was, depressing episode. It, huh? it was. D-Stark and Cope, Chicago. Holy Chicago. <laughs> Sports podcast. Uh, join us again next week. We'll, we'll, we will again talk about the Bears. Maybe, uh, hopefully, it'll be a little more positive. We can talk a little bit about what's going on with the Cubs as well. Bye, everybody. Thanks, guys.